Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a prompt from longtime friend of the show, Lord of All Chris's, with his newest prompt. I've always been a fan of anthropomorphic animals, thanks in part to Disney's Robin Hood and Jungle Book. While things like Red Wall, Mouse Guard, and the board game Root have cutesy angle by having protagonists be small mammals, I'm interested in a bug-based world. I'd love to see you guys do a world that was based on insects and land-based anthropods. The obvious choice is ants because they are social creatures, but I'd like to see a world where insects of various species have a reason to work together. I don't know what kind of setting, sci-fi, low fantasy, modern day, would be the most interesting, but I would like to see the world where insects are among the smallest things in the world. The setting having unfathomable alien giants in it is part of the draw to me. If you take this one, I 100% expect aphids to play some type of important role. Uh, Yeah, of course. I mean, it's the aphid meme is part of our branding at this point. So like, I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) We've got tenants though, before we get in there. Uh, Tenant one, aphids must play a large role in the setting. Part two, the protagonists are among the smallest things in the world. And part three, the bugs do not understand that humans have a culture of their own, which is actually two tenets. Because the the second part of that implies the existence of humans at all, which I'm just tossing out there. You kind of squeezed in four, but hey, that's a Rob special. That's how I get like six tenets per episode. But before we get into this bug world, which I'm very excited to see the, the place that we take it, I have to remind everyone that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click on the link and we will build your prompt within a reasonable amount of time. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on Twitter at Let's World Build. If you want to come join our Discord and talk bugs or world building in general, you can follow a link in the description for that. And if you're feeling particularly generous or you just want those sweet, sweet patron-only episodes, you can follow a link in the description and give us money over on Patreon. Now, with the shilling out of the way, we've got our own tenets to get to, so... Let's start us off. Courtney, what is the first tenet that you wanted to start us off with today? Uh, So as our patron established, humans are definitely part of the world. And one of my favorite games growing up was Sim Ant, which is, if you haven't played it, you should go look it up. But it's a a Maxis game from the early 90s where you play as an ant and you're trying to like get your colony to um, not just survive and grow, but also fight off the enemy ant colony and eventually overtake the human house of the property you're Mm on. Uh, The guy who owned the house was very much this like awful Colossus kind of figure who you'd have to watch out for when he like mowed his lawn or sprayed bug spray and stuff. So I wanted to make sure that our setting has that sort of vibe where humans aren't just like giants that occasionally wander through your forest, but they inhabit the same space that you inhabit Mm -hmm. and can be this sort of like looming threat or looming benevolent force if they're dropping crumbs everywhere for you to Mm -hmm. pick up. I want to cut in and tell you how horrifying the giant spiders were in Sim. Oh my God. Yes. I was, I forgot how dark that game was. I was looking at some videos of it 
when you get killed by a spider, I wrote this down, this text yes. box pops yes, up please. that says, you writhe in burning agony as the spider's deadly venom flows through your body. Like, nice. it's fucking brutal for a game that's meant for, like, 10-year-olds. It shit. tells you that it liquefies <laughs> yeah, your inside. Yeah. I swear to you, that's part of what happens. Yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. That game is, like, incredibly dark and definitely yeah. part of my childhood, which I very mm-hmm. much appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I, I had to shout out the giant horrifying spider because, you know, we we got to. We got to oh, over here. Yeah. I Okay, so I like the idea that there is cohabitation. I appreciate mm-hmm. that deeply because I think that, you know, obviously speaks true to the tenet that, you know, humans exist. And I like the idea that they're just kind of bumbling colossi that are either (laughs) incredibly terrifying or like oh boy we can kind of manipulate them based on you know what what the actions of the the bug world are yeah i i basically wanted it to like you know we're we're focusing on an area that's like it is a city or a town or even a specific household something to that effect so we get that interaction going on Mm, i see well there's a sense of a of a lack of awareness that these um other entities these humans have um of the ants or at least a a disinterest it seems based on what you're saying Mm -hmm. now we're getting into lovecraft territory daniel please (laughs) please don't tell me that one of your uh one of your tenets is something along the lines of using the insects as an analogy for humans in the world uh compared to the ancient aliens right are you saying that you would like me to give you a tenet I would love to hear your tenet, Daniel. Absolutely. Um, I was going to, yes, use them as metaphors to some extent. I was thinking, (laughs) um, because I guess like the literal idea that they are ants and the literal idea that there are humans and that's the setting kind of is boring to me. So I was was thinking the bug people exist on a lower plane, dimensional plane of existence than the humans. So uh-huh. if the bug people are three-dimensional, perhaps the humans, whatever they are, are higher dimensional. And so the impression that we have that they're enormous is really that they move through space in a different way. And so they seem like they're everywhere, mm-hmm. when in fact, they're just higher dimensional. Interesting. A very classic Daniel trope, you know, mm-hmm. higher dimensional beings. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, I can I can support that. I think that might kind of go with uh, one of my tenets that I have coming up, but I don't think I'm... I'll stop there. Courtney, what do you have to say about interdimensional human monsters? (laughs) It's an interesting idea. Yeah, I'm wondering if, like, maybe this is some kind of sci-fi setting then, like if humans have technology that's allowing them to travel in this way, or, Mm -hmm. or if it's a magical thing that lets them jump around between space and time Mm -hmm. interesting you can see that going either way yeah yeah well let me uh let me help with that because i i think that my this was supposed to be tenant number two for me but i think i'm just going to get it out there now because i think it fits so well i had the idea that while the insect world is kind of thriving and a burgeoning civilization the world of the humans is actually experiencing a a post-apocalypse of some kind And if we can uh, focus on the idea that maybe the humans didn't necessarily mean or want to be fourth dimensional Mm. and and that's kind of why they flicker in and out of existence and that plays somehow into the greater uh, post-apocalypse angle, I think that'd be kind of a fun way that we can kind of make this all fit together. I love that. That's cool. Yeah, that is very cool. 
because then it makes them not necessarily these ominous evil things but mm-hmm. there's reasons why they are the way they are and it's a mm-hmm. matter of the perception we have of them exactly and yeah. then the bugs of course they have no understanding of the culture or the reason mm-hmm. so to the bugs they are like in some senses like these unknowable creatures but they are still forces of you know like nature that are that might also represent something existential but still you know like they're they exist and they're a major force in the world mm-hmm. mm. yeah and it, it ties into with the idea of like you know cockroaches are going to survive a nuclear war that sort of mm-hmm. thing there's a sense and I, I what i want to make sure we don't lose is that sense of vastness that he has which i think we're doing yes. right like because yeah. i think mm-hmm. we can if the reason why i said make them higher dimensional meaning another physical dimension it's because if something operates that way you know like it has more space to move so for example you know it can take a an l-shaped turn if that's a higher dimensional move and then move mm-hmm. 500 miles you know as opposed <laughs> to us which are limited by three dimensions of space so i think that's why we can still have them be like regular sort of people that are yes. more familiar with but they've undergone some kind of horrible accident or post-apocalypse like you're saying exactly from the perspective of the bugs like they're really um alien yeah right and from the perspective of the insects they're looking at the humans as these monstrous massive things that move in these strange unknowable ways and they're like what what is happening we cannot Mm -hmm. know we cannot understand because i also think that the way that i have it canonically in my head is that whatever triggered the humans post-apocalypse is also what triggered the insects kind of sentient awakening. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. This, yeah, this isn't one of my tenets, but I would be interested potentially in going in the direction of like a post-climate collapse kind of future and, mm-hmm. and the bugs are sort of regrowing nature, mm-hmm. essentially, like put a more positive spin on I like that. the idea of like a post-apocalyptic thing. Yeah. Well, so so it's it's funny you mentioned that because I feel like we've been really on the grimdark train yeah. for our last couple yeah. of, of settings. And this is not an official tenet from me, but rather just a plea from my depression riddled soul, <laughs> which is if we could be a little bit more positive with this type of series. No, I, like I, I have the human post-apocalypse, but that's why I made the distinction between the bugs this is yeah, like you burgeoning. Yeah, it's, right. exactly. And I noticed that too. Like that, that's yeah. their reality, but the bugs could be this wonderful, thriving civilization. Like exactly. Right. And, and yeah, because right. they're our focal point, that makes it so the, the setting and the themes can be more hopeful than the dying of the human species. It's more like the, the rise of a new civilization and species. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, there could be a sense of forlornness too, you know, mm-hmm. like the, of the humans too, that we will learn mm-hmm. about. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot that we can do already with this, and I'm I'm really getting excited for it. Uh, I've got, I've also got some some potential genres. I'm going to hold. I'm going to bite my tongue until <laughs> I think it's like the perfect time. So why don't we go for our second rounds of tenets here? And uh, Courtney, you you start us off. So Daniel, why don't you hit us with your second tenet? My second tenet is very simple because I was also thinking like Courtney about games I played um, when I was a child that <laughs> um, had animals in some way that were really exciting. And my favorite one that I would literally play with my friend Jennifer until we our fingers couldn't move anymore <laughs> and one of us would lose was Star Fox. Oh and boy. so I would love to have um, bug people in Starfighters in some way. Daniel? 
Daniel, I'm jumping in because I, <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't have starfighters in mind, but. They don't have to be spaceships, but yes. some, something like starfighters. Would you be okay with something like a 1920s prop plane, like the yes. Red Baron? <laughs> okay. So they can fly Great. around and have like, you know, yes. dog fights in the sky. That's, That's exactly what I was thinking, Daniel. <laughs> okay. I'm going to show you the, my, my thinking here. Okay. Yeah. I had two ideas. Number one. We have a Western setting with aphids as the cattle that need to be rustled by cowboys, right? That was one idea. (laughs) That's really fun. I also had 1920s like pulp action heroes with Mm -hmm. dragonflies as prop planes, as like prop plane stand-ins. Oh, I'm for either of those. Why not both? Uh, yes, por qué no los dos, of course. Uh, but like, yes, I'm so glad that you hit me with Star Fox. I'm like, bam, that's where I'm coming in. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna play around with some like dog fighting nonsense, and I'm super down with that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get fully into that idea, Daniel, explain to me what kind of spirit you want to get out of Star Fox. One of the things I loved about Star Fox was there was a sense of camaraderie with your fellow pilots. And I'm talking about the N64 one. That's the one that we played. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were on a Star team. Star Fox 64 is the best one. It's the best be one. Yes. Like you're on a team and you're united and mm-hmm. you want to save your teammates when they go down. Um, although that doesn't really express by the mechanics very much. Um, you hate Falco because he's a dick. And there's a, a central villain who's just unquestionably bad that you're trying to take down. So there's a sense of like, you're saving your, your community, your civilization, um, and you're, you're fighting for something good. And that, that I like the straightforwardness of it. And there's also like, you know, a sense of epic scale sometimes. Like remember, I remember the one level where oh, there's yeah. like a giant independence day spaceship that you fight and you can like, you know, you just get this open battlefield to like fly around. It was really cool. And and all, always the NPCs are always talking to you and trying to like yes. goad you on, you know, to make you keep going. The the giant walking fortress is probably one of my favorite uh, mm-hmm. stages in that game, just because it's like I love giant like I just love yeah. the concept of a giant walking Maginot line, you know, like that's so cool to me. And like the fact that you get to have this like bombing run type situation, like I, I don't know. I'm right there with you, Daniel. I think that's a really cool <laughs> idea. Courtney, I don't think that you were necessarily like an, a Nintendo 64 like Star Fox player, right? No, um, I did have an N64, but I didn't have Star Fox. I think mm-hmm. I like got it from like Blockbuster or something oh, at boy. some point. But um, yeah, I only tried it out a little bit and had no mm-hmm. idea what I was doing. So I don't really remember too much about it. A gentle reminder to all of our listeners that we are old mm-hmm. and yes, used to yes. go to Blockbuster all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so Daniel... What I'm basically hearing from you is we want something that has like a team of members, like you're, you're involved in that way. You want a unifying villain that is demonstrably evil, correct? Um, I mean, it, we don't have to have the villain part, but I like the um, team part. Mm-hmm. And especially since you mentioned like, you said 1920s or like Wild West, like this first one makes me think of like, um, what's his name? the Rocketeer kind of characterization. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see yeah. a bug person. Or recently in The Mandalorian, we had um, Cad Bane, I think, who, in a Western kind of yeah. look and feel, which I thought was neat too, even though I didn't really care for that entire Book of Boba Fett. That's a different story. <laughs> but I mean, like, I like that that aesthetic. I thought that made sense. Yes. Uh, so, some more, like, aesthetic choices that I'm thinking of. Um, you have something like The Phantom. You have The oh, Shadow. Yeah, I love the shadow, man. That's so long ago. 
Yeah, uh, not not the '90s uh, movies because those are both bad. But I like... fucking love the Shadow movie. Okay, that's what Alec Baldwin. I, I think I don't even it was know so what bad. you're talking about. That one's okay. It's bad, but it's not terrible. The Rocketeer is an excellent choice, Daniel. Like, I love for that. Or, or um, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. One of my that's favorite the movies. next one I was gonna say. Yes. Exactly, which one of my is super, super underrated. Like, it is. It, I'm pretty sure it tanked. You're it literally the only person who has ever said that to me, and I am so grateful. It's because it's a fantastic movie. It's super it underrated. Yeah, it's got everything: dinosaurs, Nazis, robots. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's and the aesthetic is cool too. Like, yeah. The sepia tone thing that they, I don't know yeah. what, they, what they were doing was neat. Yes. Uh, very underrated movie. Giant robots? It had giant, did I mention giant robots? It had giant robots. And of <laughs> course, because I think this is a great distillation of the 1920s pulp vibe that I'm looking for here, the absolute masterpiece that is the 1999 Brendan Fraser classic uh, yeah. of The Mummy. Of course. Um, <laughs> because classic. again, with that, like, I, I want to focus on like adventure and mm-hmm. like, you know, you're like jumping out of a prop plane and punching out a bad guy, you know, like that's the kind of vibe that I'm really interested in. It's like pulpy, fun adventure. Like you're, you're basically doing dives into tombs and meddling with things that you don't need. Or, I mean, we can do like the kind of, um, the kind of detective stuff too, if we want to focus on cities. But I think that for me, the thing that I'm really interested in, in evoking that, uh, pulpy spirit is the adventure that that uh, that's what i'm interested in and i think that so far all of that blends really well with what we have going yeah agreed um i mean if you guys are down to go with like the sort of theme of regrowth like thinking about going on adventures to find like seed vaults and like Mm -hmm. stuff to kind of replant the world and refresh it make it green again that's really cool yeah i think that'd be awesome uh, that I think that's a really great idea as well as this, you know, Arctic expedition to the seed vault, you know, yes. or I mean, it's Antarctic, <laughs> but still it's basically like El Dorado, right? I think it is Arctic actually. Ah, uh, okay. Well, it's but, one of the two. But yeah, one of the yeah. two. Yeah. It's but a yeah, place, I know what you mean. a place where, it, where it is cold. Yes. So for me to get a sense of where we, I know we haven't done all the tenants, right? We still have one for Courtney. Or mm-hmm. no? yeah. Yes. Okay. I just want to ask some questions about what we've established so far. So We've got this setting. Um, it appears to be somewhat in the future because humans have undergone some sort of self-caused disaster. Mm-hmm. The world is recovering um, and the bugs have evolved as a result of that disaster. That's the case so far. Mm-hmm. I would agree with everything that you've said so far. Yes. Okay. And when we say bugs, right, I think that the aesthetic that I am I have in mind is more like um, Hollow Knight or Bug too. Fables. Yeah. Let me Google those. Hollow Knight's super cute. I love the art style. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you should you should look at Bug Fables as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. One of our patrons have actually, he was the one who recommended it to me. So shout out to Jay for recommending Bug Fables, which has a great aesthetic and a very cool world building. Uh, I, I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. So this has been 1920s, basically. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Also, uh, another thing that I kind of have in mind as well is is another Discord member who goes by Moth and has like a bunch of art, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of like appropriate for what I'm thinking of when I think of moths and and other insectoid creatures and stuff like that. So also shout out to Moth. Go check out go check out Moth's Twitter because there's a bunch of cool art on it. So um, yeah, with with enough of the shilling of our community out of the way, <laughs> like 
What was your last tenant, Courtney? Was it a, a focus on regrowth? Was that your tenant or did you have something else? No, actually I had something else. Hell um, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so this ties in really well with camaraderie and adventure, but uh, Monster Hunter style takedowns of major predators. Yes. Yes, oh, I can. I can support that. Yeah. Can Can we also uh, Can we also throw in the aerial aspect and throw in an ATAT Walker scene from <laughs> Star Wars? And so, like, you're flying around on your biplane, which is basically a dragonfly, and then you have like the hooks that come out, and you like <laughs> topple over a cat or topple over like some some like feral monster or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think there are a lot of opportunities there for like crazy combat scenes. Oh, oh, 100%. Absolutely. Okay. This is setting I'm already really, I'm really getting into. I'm like, oh, this is so fun already. This is going to be, this is going to be a gas, you know? So, so all of our tenants are out of the way. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. But we have to ask because there's one thing that we haven't really satisfied yet, right? Which is aphids must play a large role in the setting. Mm -hmm. How do we think we want to do that within the setting that we've established so far? I think we have to interpret aphid to mean something not so literal. Um, And I have a feeling given that the world is trying to be renewed, perhaps um, there's creatures that are either farmed or Mm -hmm. um, nurtured to carry perhaps the salvation of the world. And I don't know what those are. Like I don't want to think literal cows, but maybe there's like some kind of creature that's like an aphid that has the same purpose. Cause an, an aphid in an ant colony provides the milk to creatures like the queen. And so they keep it alive. Well, Daniel, I'm so glad you would suggest that they might be cows because like I said already, they would take the place of cattle in uh, in like the a Western. cowboy type story, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. However, I mean, why can't we have like rustling where you have to take aphids from plant life to plant life and like mm-hmm. you're essentially, um, they're a way of maintaining civilized areas through the aphids, you know, basically. It's like, oh, we we herd these animals so they can, not only dine and feast on the plant life, but also they can bring it back and then nourish the colony as well, you know? Yeah. Like I'm happy having literal aphids as as cattle. <laughs> as as am I. Yeah. It would be nice if they in some way are related to the human disaster. Um and that <laughs> they're and by, by that I mean like it would be nice if the way that the world can be restored something from that disaster is used and maybe the aphids are the bridge between those two things. Hmm. So hmm. like, like, I mean, um, maybe there is something that they have keep inside of them or that they ingest, or I don't know what that is being used by civilization to kind of bring things back to life. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise we have the humans just in this gated realm where they don't really serve a purpose just yet. Hmm. That's well, I, I think they're more like a, a background kind of, threat but but i think that i think you're right in that sense that they're they're not necessarily cohabitating with us or with the Mm -hmm. bugs you know what i mean i mean maybe these creatures are partly from that space or engineered from a past or something i don't know but i feel like they must carry something from the past that helps the future for it to work narratively maybe so maybe maybe what we're looking at is the the humans have opened up some kind of portal that un- unwittingly they let these aphids come in and they were so small that the humans didn't necessarily see them at first. Oh. And so once, once the, it, but the insects did and they start like eating the aphids or the eating the mm-hmm. aphid milk. 
And yeah. that's where their sentience comes from is once they start ingesting this, their milk. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that, that whatever those things were in the past, like were either a cause of a problem or in some way helpful, but it, it helps evolve the bugs. And so now the aphids themselves are huge too. <laughs> hmm. Mm. I mean, it could even have been like a, a laboratory experiment. And when mm-hmm. when the, um, you know, apocalypse kind of set in as things kind of broke down, the aphids eventually wandered out. And mm. yeah. um, that's how they kind of came out into the world. And and then their milk gave the bug sentience. They can change their dimensionality. Like, mm-hmm. so they can, if the humans are kind of shunted to being higher dimensional, it seems as aphids can shift their dimensionality. That's how they leave that space. or appear in in regular space i i think that there might be something to the idea of you know by having the aphid like cattle drives as well you're not necessarily bringing life to civilization you're bringing sentience to civilization yeah you Mm -hmm. know you're you're literally spreading this intelligent thought this sentience to other bugs by being like yo have this aphid milk and that's how it kind of spreads it's almost like a um it's almost like a religion, but like of reason and sentience instead of like faith in a way. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I think we can work on that, you know, as we go forward. I just wanted to make sure that there was some yeah. connection so we could bridge the two of them. Totally. No, no, yeah. no. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm glad that someone's looking out. But I love the idea of these little bugs like yeah. coming coming over and then eventually yeah. growing the civilization, essentially. Which is yeah. Mm-hmm. And another way to tie in the humans a bit more with what we've got going on is like, since we're we want like a, a sense of adventure and stuff. Like what if bugs are able to kind of use them as transport, but because of how completely like unreliable and unknown it is, like you don't really know where you're going to end up if you jump on a human. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, that's it's true. I mean, it's like horrifying, but it's also like, it. I don't know. It could be fun. an interesting, <laughs> yeah, like a fun way to like, explore different areas and like then you have to make your way back to where you came from i mean and you can interpret that too as if they have fighter pilot planes like they might ride the quote-unquote human wave to other Mm -hmm. regions of the world yeah yeah Mm. i mean and are they are they tiny things or have they actually human size now like because even if they're normal human size the bugs like humans in the other space could still be perceived as gigantic because of the way they move oh no i I was picturing the bugs as like still like little bug sized. Yes. Still small. Okay. As 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 was I, yeah. I what I'm picturing here, like so what what I'm hearing, right, is that these humans are kind of moving uh they're they're essentially like teleporting at random places, not just in our own dimension, but also like uh, maybe across the the planet in some way. Mm-hmm. So you could have like a group of bug adventurers who are like we're gonna go and try and find el dorado or, and it's basically like sliders but within the same <laughs> planet essentially yeah, right yeah. where you they hop on a human and they're like okay and then they blink out and they blink back and there's somewhere else in the world and then that can definitely lead to the adventure that i'm thinking of when i'm thinking of like 1920s you know like pulp adventures and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know that's like a doc mm-hmm. savage or so something along those lines where it's not just about, you know, the, the, the detective stories or, or the, the war stories. It's also about exploring parts of the world that are essentially unknown. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but what's, I guess my question, if we were to kind of go on that angle is what would the purpose of them be besides exploration, but it, or are they like directly 
trying to uh, bring sentience to the entire world. The humans or, or this group? No, no, the bugs. The explorers. The bugs. Yeah, the explorer um, bugs, yeah. Um, I mean, I would have to think maybe, like, is only a section of bug population sentient in this way? Are there still bug animals? Or are they all sentient? I'd like to think that there's a mix. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that there's certainly bugs that are essentially used as a stock animal or as vehicles. So we can kind of have a Flintstones vibe in that way. <laughs> um, but I, I also think that there are definitely maybe maybe this concoction increases intelligence and it depends on the species of insect, how how drastically that is affected. So maybe something like um, insects or, or, or scarabs are particularly affected. And so they're remarkably intelligent whereas dragonflies are only as intelligent as say like a big dog or like a a particularly smart dog or something like that well so then to answer your question um i almost feel like we don't necessarily have to make it the mission of them has to be something related to the sentience giving milk Mm -hmm. like maybe this happened over generations i'm assuming the bugs getting sentience the ones that did and they now revere these these aphids as sacred cows in some way but i think whatever they're doing um hitchhiking on higher dimensional humans might be totally unrelated it might be part of their own personal Mm. goals Mm -hmm. as a society so it's more of like a mount everest or, or a straight up explorer thing where it's like we know the known world. Now we need to master the unknown world. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, or whatever we build the adventure to be. Like it could be that. Right. It could be something unrelated. You know, because like, gotcha. in Star Fox, they're trying to what free Lilat from <laughs> um, Andros. Yeah, from Andros. Right. He's just a, he's yeah. an oppressor. Um, but you know, they're ascension animals and spaceships. So <laughs> they're two separate things. You know? Can we? Yeah, yeah. But can we get a cool main villain? I, I feel like we should probably peg down some kind of villainous force within I the world. I think I have an idea. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. When, what do you got, Courtney? All right. So we're talking about the, the humans having this weird, like, multidimensional property of some sort. And I was thinking, like, would blood-sucking insects be able to absorb that by drinking their blood so what if we had a a mosquito villain who has made a habit of drinking the blood of these multi-dimensional humans and and that way like this villain is able to kind of jump around too oh and the that means that the the these mosquitoes, if they want to be able to to feed on humans, they probably use the aphids in some way because the aphids are multidimensional. They're vampires too. I'm tossing that out there. Yeah. Right now. yeah, yeah. They're they're vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were talking about this in our regular RPG night uh, recently. That I think that the blood sucking like animals of the real world don't get enough play as vampire minions. So like leeches or mosquitoes like they don't see enough like uh they should be vampire monsters what i'm suggesting Mm -hmm. and i'm going to be doing that here uh whenever you talk about a villainous mosquito force i'm going to assume that every single one of them sounds like bella lugosi in the (laughs) 1930s dracula of course that's that's my headcanon you don't have to think that way but that's how i'm going to hear it every time you talk about them so that's where my brain is. And Daniel, I love that idea a lot. The idea that that it's not just, well, well can we have it be mosquitoes and ticks as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Just go super gross with it. Yeah. It's like factions of them then, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 But the that's mosquitoes good. have gathered amongst themselves. 
all the blood suckers. It's the yeah, it's the blood sucking alliance. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think what we would do is we would call them something cooler, like like uh, the the Sanguine Order or something like that. Mm. You know, that's what they would mm-hmm. call themselves. I could see them tapping um, aphids to gain the mm-hmm. the special milk to increase their cerebral power, so they can shift into the realm where the the humans are, suck their blood, they come back with their powers. Their enhanced sentience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Might not be appropriate, might not be thematically appropriate or time period appropriate. They could just be stand-ins for Nazis if we really wanted to make them unapologetically evil. Like we could go that direction, and I'm I'm totally cool with that because I'm thinking Indiana Jones as well. Like the the, mm-hmm. the yeah. primary villain are often Nazis in those movies, and I I love that type of thing. So we could have bug Nazis. I'm just saying, if you guys wanted to go that, that direction, <laughs> yeah. We we have a we have a lot of uh, Nazi related things in recent prompts. So. Have we? I mean, I I feel like they've. They keep coming up. They keep getting. We had Lady Hitler. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did have Lady Hitler. But besides mm-hmm. Lady Hitler, did we have anything besides that? I remember talking about them again in another one. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Courtney, know. I'm going to I'm going to tell you why we have to have bug Nazis because mm-hmm. you're missing out on one of the greatest possible villain names of the Red Baron. I mean, like, come on. Like, I know that's not Nazi. That's World War One, technically. But like the idea that we can have a villain who is the Red Baron. He's just a mosquito who flies around and is also a really competent pilot. Like, come mm-hmm. on. That's mm-hmm. that's so good. And we could have it. And you don't want to deny that to us. Right. Of course not. Of course. Not. Of course. <laughs> you you would not deprive the viewers, no. the listeners of something as fun and as dumb as that. Never, never. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. I love, I love everything that we're doing with this so far. Do we have any details that we really need to nail down right now? Um, no, but I, I did just think of the, uh, that scene from the, what we do in the shadows TV show where they, they drink the blood of people who had taken drugs and the <laughs> vampires then got like super yeah. high from it. Yeah. <laughs> If allowed, we could spend the next part and a half just talking about what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so love it. Love that idea. Uh, how can we incorporate it into this setting? Or do we just want to skip ahead and, and like skip the 45 minute conversation about that brilliant show slash movie? I mean, we could have some like kind of incompetent shitty mosquitoes and ticks yeah i kind of like that they kind of been like booted out of like the serious faction and they're just on their own like dicking around doing they're bartenders (laughs) well you could also okay you could you could make the the quote-unquote you know nazi bug faction like over the top ridiculous like yes yes cartoonish right so perhaps the drinking of the higher dimensional human blood really makes them wacky like yeah in in a um uh, iron sky sort of way. Mm. In my head, when you look at them, you will know that they are evil just based on how they look. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you look at them like that's a bad guy. That is absolutely a villain, a hundred percent. There's no. It's like unambiguous. Yeah. Like they're Looney Tunes evil. Yeah. And, and I think the other the other kind of idea that I have in mind is like you can have a villainous force 
that is essentially infinite and like yes is technically a terrifying threat but to the heroes they don't need to seem that way like there's going to be like maybe two or three competent ones that are an actual threat you know but like in terms of what you see them do in in terms of evil we don't necessarily need to explore that we don't necessarily need to see the consequences of these villainous actions you know i think that if we remove that and just focus on the wackiness and like the cannon fodder aspect of it i think that's a more fun way that we can kind of keep this involved you know yeah i think we can keep it lighthearted especially since i picture the the mosquitoes and ticks and stuff more so going after like humans and other larger animals Mm -hmm. not so much other bugs I, I think that might be a fun thing that we can focus on is what are the things that the the Sanguine Order and the the good bug folk are both after? What do they both want and what do they kind of race against each other to get? I, I imagine sometimes it's humans, but I think that there's something else that we might be able to install here that that we can add an additional like plot hook or series of plot hooks by giving it more MacGuffins or something like that, you know? I mean, what's at stake for bug civilization in general? It's a good question. Hmm. Um, like it seems right now the villain has far more motivation. Like if anything, yes. if I'm, a, mm-hmm. if I'm one of those bugs, the bad blood sucking ones, like not only am I trying to increase my sentience, but I'm also like, gaining the ability to really teleport all over the place if mm-hmm. i'm temporarily mm-hmm. extracting their power you know the humans mad, mad scientist bugs i just mm-hmm. want to point that out that we have mad scientists right here because they're gaining sentience they're super brilliant of course uh, yeah I, I just want to point that out that we can't have mad scientist bugs and that's really fun and cute and i like that and i, and I assume they're <laughs> experimenting on aphids to get the milk so they can not just aphids i would imagine I, it has to be like a myriad of bugs well, I'm sure, but that's where the milk comes that lets them transfer themselves. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could even see them, like, the mosquitoes, I, I don't know if it really can work this way, but, um, like, flying to a human, sucking up a bunch of blood, then flying to another animal and, like, injecting the blood to, huh. to see what happens. Like, not necessarily bugs, but, like, mice or rats or whatever. Hmm. I don't know. There's something here. There's something that we're like tantalizingly close to that I feel like we were like really, we just need like a pinky finger. We're like a scrape away. You know what I mean? <laughs> hmm. One possibility going back to exploring uh, strange unknown places, mm-hmm. you know, you could have them in a race to find something that's in an mm-hmm. unknown place, like mm-hmm. in the Antarctic or in Upper New England, because that would be the Antarctic <laughs> for bug people who are tiny. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some some uh, lost civilization or some unknown vista where they both have something they can retrieve that's very valuable to them. Mm-hmm. Then you can have the adventure stakes yeah i mean we had brought up the the seed vault before and the idea of regrowth and like repopulating the earth with with plants and stuff so it could be related to that and maybe it doesn't even need to be like the seed vault over in the arctic it could be like a gardening store (laughs) like something which is their seed vault yeah Yeah, it's like it's very like mundane to us but to them it's this like vast like eden type thing oh okay i got it just when you said Mm -hmm. that it is an it's an Ace hardware that has not been phase shifted into the into the other reality, and it contains 
piles and piles of bags of these seeds that if they collect, mm -hmm. they could reseed their home. But the evil bugs have some other intentions for it. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Uh, we can expand it to not just be like a singular ace hardware, but like multiple. So maybe we could potentially see it as there are many seed vault like areas or they're basically robust forests or or rainforests or something like that. So when they're having these grand adventures, they're actually just in the outdoor like gardening section of Home Depot, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but perspective shift, of course, it's going to look a little bit different. Um, the, the other idea that I might want, and it might tie a lot of things together here is I think Daniel's right. I think that there, there is kind of like a lack in motivation for the, for the good bugs, right? And I think that if we make it so they're both after the same resource and have that resource be the aphids themselves, that might be a really fun way that we can tie everything together. So hmm. you have the good bugs and the bad bugs. They, they attach onto these humans, pop out and try and find as many aphids as possible and then rustle them back to their dimension or area. And that would, that would explain why the exploration is necessary and why you know, plane hopping or, or planet hopping on the humans is necessary as well. They're trying to gather more of these aphids because that's where they come from, you know? Perhaps the aphids um, instinctually are returning to some particular point. And so that's why everyone's in a race to get to them. What do you mean point? So like they right now, we you know, some of the aphids are distributed among the good bugs and they're otherwise in the world. But what if they all suddenly for some instinctual reason or returning to a particular place, um, which could be a place of crossover between the human realm and this one, mm -hmm. which is what you're saying, Rob, like that you're pursuing them. It's a, it's a race to get them all because now they're all going to mm -hmm. be in one place. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of seeing them as like a, an analogy for a resource, you know, like oil or, but it, instead of, you know, something that you have to mine for or something that you have to drill for, it's, a living, not sentient, but it's a living being that you have to rustle and, you know, guide back to civilization. You're still milking it for its, you know, its resource. But I imagine that the more you grow, the more that your civilization grows, you're going to need more of this resource, right? It's not just about food. It's also about gaining sentience maintain and, and whatnot, you know? Maybe, um, I mean, maybe they're, the aphids are like some sort of key to getting the plant life to grow again um whether it's like what they do as aphids or if it's their milk that's particularly like nutrient rich that can be used to like fertilize the plants or whatever hmm. well I'm, I'm concerned that we're making the aphids a little bit too important in that case because that it's not just about the sentience that it's also about you know plant life as well you know like mm -hmm. I, I feel like maybe what we do is we take we have two resources that are vital, the aphids, which provide sentience, and then this other thing that provides the the regrowth that you're suggesting here, Courtney, like the or the, mm. the improved growth, I suppose. Well, it would seem that um, the bugs having sentience is what can restore the world in general, because now they're able to farm and shape the world. That's what humans do as we change mm. the world mm. for ourselves. So maybe the regrowth of the world has to do with the fact that the bugs have sentience. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah. then I guess the question is, if you subtract the bugs now, do you even need them? Like, why do we need them still? Which bugs? The aphids. 
If we already have sentience, why do we need to have the aphids around anymore? Because it's a resource that you have to continue. Like the way that I'm looking at it is it's not as though you drink the aphid milk once and you maintain that sentience. I'm thinking that it could potentially lead to a flowers for Algernon thing where you're granted sentience and you have to maintain this diet of aphid milk in order to, uh, to, to have expanded knowledge. Right. And, and, uh, you could do a couple of things with this that might be rather interesting. One, the evil faction could be really greedy and hoards a lot of that. It's basically like the emperor from Warhammer 40 K where it's like one person, because he's a mad genius, because he's super intelligent, he hoards a lot more of the sentient juice than his minions, which also means that, you know, that there's canonical reason for why minions are so dumb in the evil empire. Right. Wouldn't that be rather dark? Because now we have yeah. the possibility that people will develop Alzheimer's if they don't eat the sentient milk. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's more they go feral, right? Like they they reverse <laughs> just as scary. Yeah, I I am cautious of like going in that direction just because it can get super dark. Like flowers are Algernon is fucking sad as hell. Like, right. Um, valid point. Um, it, it can go super dark, but I think that. That's why we have heroes and that's why the stakes here would matter, you know? I'm just wondering if, um, but the reason why I asked the question is because it seems that the aphids served a purpose in the initially, right? Right. And if we don't want their very sentience to be dependent on consum- consuming this resource, then what value do the aphids have if they're not, if, if they're not, if that's not the reason why they, they're there? So it's sort of a compromise. What if like, the bugs are currently working on a way to make it permanent, but they haven't quite gotten there yet. Oh, that's that fun. Yeah. There's, there's also the idea that we could only be talking about a certain subsection of insects right now. It's not like the entire world, but maybe just, you know, one McDonald's parking lot that has gained sentience because of the randomness of the, the, the aphid milk and the humans who are, you know, interdimensional. I'm just, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not sold on the idea of them possibly losing their sentience because that just seems very, very dark for a mm-hmm. setting that's supposed mm-hmm. to be about happy yeah. bugs. Yeah. And no, then two, fine. the subsection of, of bugs that may rely on it, and it seems to make it more complicated than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, you know, like, do we revise the idea of sentience giving or do we, like, make it that? Maybe the bugs are gone now. They haven't been around for a long time. And so we're trying to find them for some reason. I just worry about like when I'm looking at the two video games you sent me, like if I imagine those poor little bugs, if they don't get their sentience coconut, they're going to become <laughs> feral monsters. Like mm-hmm. I just think that runs counter to our theme. I mean, I think I, I feel like we can like kind of simplify it and say like, um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure then like if the aphids would even have had to relate to the sentience then if maybe they're just literally like a form of of cattle of livestock that helps the bugs survive in this sort of broken world so that kind of would get rid of the the risk of them losing their minds eventually yeah i i see your points and i'm willing to jettison the idea that you know um you need to continue to drink this concoction in order for you to maintain sentience i'm willing to get rid of that idea you know I, I, I'm feeling like it's a matter of you drink it once and you're good for the rest of your bug life. 
But again, it, it's a matter of you you have this magical, wonderful thing, which is this sentience providing elixir. Wouldn't you then want to give that to other sentient beings? Wouldn't you want to create that? Or is that something that maybe maybe this is perhaps a little dark is what we're getting into is the idea of if you have the ability to provide sentience, what is your moral obligation to do so? And as soon as I say that, that is too heavy yeah. for what I want to talk about <laughs> yeah. here. So, I mean, my impression was that at some point in the distant past, bugs consumed this milk and became sentient and now they have a civilization. But but then it's like you now remove the value of them in the present, right? The so aphids, maybe yeah. we, re- yes. we remove the value of the aphids in the present. Yeah. Yeah. So what if we try as an experiment? What if we try something else? Like the the aphids we know come from this other place and they carry something from the other place. Mm-hmm. What if they are a means of travel? Like I mean, we've done that before, but I mean, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like I don't know what else to give them. I mean, I do. They need to be like a. I mean, they could they just be like be. sort of yeah. almost like God type things, like mm-hmm. like you had said before, sacred cows. Like, yeah, and maybe they are even giant because of whatever was done to them or the post apocalypse or whatever. But basically, like maybe each settlement has their own like group of aphids that they sort of feed and take care of and um, drink the milk because they're a resource. But mm-hmm. yeah, but it's sort of like a you know looking to them as like a a source of comfort almost rather than like a, a like necessary to survive kind of thing. It's like our Cheshire cats from the other setting, basically. <laughs> well, the, the, the chunky beef cats were uh-huh. a lot more important there because they, mm-hmm. they played a demonstrable, like they, they had like impact on the world itself. Whereas I, I think I kind of agree with what Courtney's saying is that these things were vitally important to the emerging sentience of the bug nations. But then Mm -hmm. after that, it's like, yeah, they kind of don't do anything, but we're still going to treat them with respect because we understand what they have provided. And and then I think you're right is that we can call them sacred cows essentially, right? They can be, they're, they're treated with respect. They are a part of bug society, but like in, maybe that scene is kind of a conservative or kind of a quaint old fashioned way of thinking. And these new modern bugs are like, we don't care about the aphids. Like, yeah, they were important to our past, but that's in the past. We're all about the present. We're all about flying those dragonflies, man. You're like, maybe, maybe it's something that we have. I feel like we've fulfilled the tenet, which is we've made them important. Mm. And I think that we can kind of leave it there. They don't have to be continuously important. What does the tenet say exactly? Aphids must play a large role. And I think them providing the sentience, them essentially being the origin story, mm-hmm. the the uh, you know the the kind of inciting incident or the inciting mm-hmm. creature. I think that's a very large role. Like you would not yeah, have the yeah. setting without the aphids. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, if we wanted to keep them like more relevant in the present too, like I said, they could be part of the settlements. They could almost be like these oracle type figures that people go to for advice if they have their own sentience, like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that. You know, mm-hmm. go to them, like give them an offering, and like and they give you chat milk. with them. Yeah, they give you milk, and <laughs> yeah. Well, see, it's it's interesting because I definitely didn't see them as sentient. I saw them more as like um, more more in line with like cattle or something like that. But yeah, I hadn't before thought of them that way. But now I'm wondering if if they're just sort of like these like very slow moving, slow speaking um, elder type figures. And the first mm. sentient insects, essentially. Mm. Maybe because that, that goes back to our human situation. Maybe they were insects that were given sentience or whatever happened. 
and they also can shift planes. And so their children are the bug people, quote unquote, children, mm. spiritual children, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. They give them sentience as a gift from themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're still living in both worlds. I think that we should table this idea because we're, I, I think that it's taking away from the, like, I feel like we're really hyper-focusing on one very specific aspect yeah. <laughs> here of the aphids and say, like we've got a big wide world of like bug adventures that we could be having. You know what I mean? Well, the reason why we're doing that though, is to figure out the motivations of the bugs. Like, so if, if now that we've figured out that they're not a driving factor of the plot, we put them in the background right. while fulfilling the tenant, which is good. Right. So now we can figure out what the motivation of the bugs is because we still haven't done that. And that's exactly what I was trying to pull us towards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, let's find that next point of motivation that we can really. So what's important, right? We we need resources. That's that's always the thing that people fight over, right? It's space mm -hmm. and resources. So what is the resource that we need here that we're talking about for these new bugs? So would it be what we talked about with like the seed, the quote unquote seed vaults of Ace Hardware and Home Depot. And that's, and that's where the kind of expo. Yeah. So instead of, we can kind of keep the whole idea of hopping on humans to travel around the world. And, and instead of bringing back aphids, you can bring back seeds instead, you know? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And there's obviously correlations with like pollination and, and bees as well. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, mm -hmm. there's that kind of thing. So yeah, that works as well, I think. But it doesn't have to be world ending. Like maybe that's one of the things that they're at contention about. Like they're some of them are trying to get seeds. Maybe the yeah. the evil bugs are like, oh, let's take this bug killer and spray it on everyone because we're bad. <laughs> Ooh, that's you know, really store. good. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, that's an excellent idea. Oh man, you just changed the bug game. Genocide, yeah. you know, but we can't that's dark. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they could be multiple things that they're after in different scenarios and adventures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm now just thinking of like what's the equivalent of uh the tomb of horrors in Bug World. It's probably a place that has like glue traps everywhere or something mm -hmm. like that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um yeah, that's good. I like that. Maybe it's a way of also introducing the post-apocalyptic angle by the 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 insects are also like what can we find from the old world that we can retrofit and use? to provide our society with something better, you know? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, I think I think where we are is a really great place. I think that combing through the depths of the post-apocalypse for some way to advance bug civilization for better or for ill is a great place where we can stop and kind of reassess our tenets before we move into rolling for the twist. How's that sound to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Works to me. Excellent. So let's start us off. Courtney, you start us off with your tenant. What was your first tenant? Remind us. Uh, that I wanted humans to be like directly inhabiting where the bugs were, not just sort of occasional visitors or having some sort of like direct interaction, basically. Right. And and do you feel like we've we've really nailed that down or do you think that they've kind of faded into the background a little bit more than they should? I, yeah, I do think that they've faded a bit. I think we could bring them back just by like mm -hmm. probably bringing them in more next time when we talk about the twist and stuff, but mm -hmm. um, like having them be a more, a more regular presence. Like maybe there are humans, you know, still wandering around the home depots and Ace Hardwares of the world. And maybe there are still humans like trying to survive out there, leaving crumbs around for these bugs and. Or maybe even recognizing their sentience. Maybe. Yeah. That might be kind of interesting is that there could be bug alliances with humans, e even if they're temporary. Mm -hmm. 
or tiny yeah. humans? Tiny humans? Uh, I don't yeah. know how I feel about Honey, I Shrunk the Humans here. I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm a grand faction of tiny humans that oh, bust all the guys. Damn it, Daniel. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, Daniel, you're more than welcome to. I can't wait to roll the twist, <laughs> oh, which yeah. is anime, frankly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could. it could be interesting if like, you have a, let's say, like a wandering family of humans in this post-apocalyptic world. And, oh, trying to survive? Like, and yeah, and like their youngest like daughter or something decides to like make an ant farm and then realizes after a little while, like, oh, these ants are like way more organized and <gasps> together and with mm-hmm. it than they should be. And like she's the one who who realizes like, wait, these bugs are like actually Alive. like thinking now. Is isn't this a Star Trek episode? I feel like <laughs> this is a Star Trek episode premise for sure. Right? Hmm. <laughs> 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 what I like about what I like about that though is um, it would also reveal to the bugs what the humans really are, and if there's an adventuring group that discovers this, that would be a really interesting storyline. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, I think I think that's a good way that we can kind of square your tenet, Courtney. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, what was your first tenet? Um, that the bugs are on a lower plane of dimensional existence than the humans. I and I feel like we've kind of well nailed that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay uh my first tenet was tied into yours and uh i can't remember i can't even remember what it was now oh post-apocalypse we've definitely right. incorporated right. that for yeah. sure uh courtney your second tenet mine was the uh monster hunter style takedowns of of big big creatures so you haven't done that yet well it I mean, we've got like the adventuring vibe, and we've got like dragonfly mm-hmm. airplanes and stuff like that. Um, I guess we didn't like definitively talk about things, but I could definitely see like a group trying to take down some like evil rat kind of thing or things like that. Let's give that a little bit more love, mm-hmm. then, right? Mm-hmm. Can we can we say that when the bugs take down these monsters, they're also like trying to domesticate or use them in some way? <laughs> so it's not just that yeah. you're taking them down to like kill them or get them out of your area, but it's also like maybe you can use some more docile creatures as like a really big walking fortress or like uh, some kind of uh, a, a domesticated animal of some kind. You know, like you're not going to tame a cat. But you could potentially make another type of animal, you know, serve a purpose in bug society. Yeah, like um, like mice or rats that are pulling carriages or yep. um, like building stuff. Moles on, that are just big tunnel diggers yeah, or something like that. Building stuff on the backs of turtles. That could be fun. Yeah, I think that's a really good way that we can kind mm-hmm. of incorporate that in, like really expand on it. And again... Because you have the evil faction, like you can definitely have like the animal usage be kind of a, a stark delineation between which which faction is which. You know what I mean? Oh, so turtles are basically aircraft carriers, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, they're they're uh, well, you know, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're 100 well, percent right. I guess amphibious aircraft carriers because they could, you know, be on the land and then go into the into a lake and have dragonflies mm-hmm. land on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's good. I think that's really fun. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Daniel, how do you feel about that? Oh, I think that's a good opportunity to, to make a faction with that, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to explore it further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animal tamers, like an entire faction that just does that. Yeah. That's that's another layer and another dimension. Speaking of dimensions, what was your second tenet, Daniel? Um, that there are starfighters, which we, we have, you know, 
pilot fighter pilots. Absolutely. And, so that's and all good. I think that fed into mine, which was, I really wanted to evoke the spirit of 1920s and thirties, like pulp stories. And I feel like we've done a good job in doing that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. We can, ex- we can like expand on it with the settings as well mm-hmm. or the um, factions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to see a lot of that like sub genre and theme really get played out a lot more in the factions that we're going to come up with next time. Yeah, absolutely. So we're like last series, we're going to do what we did again, which is uh, we're going to roll the twist and then we're going to incorporate that into the world building anchor that we build. So we're going to roll some dice and see what the twist for this world is going to be. And it is. Okay. Uh, so the twist is. Now make it strange. No, no, no. Stranger than that. Hmm. Uh, I think we're already kind of in strange territory. So I'm real curious as to what we do with that. I mean, I have ideas. I'm going to shut up before we continue on. (laughs) But uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. You can follow us on Twitter over at Let's World Build. You can come join our Discord and chat bugs and interdimensional beings with a link for that in the description. Or if you're feeling particularly generous or just want our sweet, sweet patron-only episodes, you can go to our Patreon and give us money with a link for that. You can also find it, bam, you already know, in the description of this episode. That will do it for this episode of World Build with us. Remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through this together. Until next week. Bye.